Amen. Thank you, Sean. Okay. Good to be together this morning. Uh, we've, uh, we were away last week. We've had a, a week's holiday, which is, uh, seems to have gone in the blink of an eye, but uh, uh, particularly seems to have involved a lot to do with uh, getting ready for moving and that sort of stuff. So uh, holiday in quotes, I think we'll call it. <laughs> but uh, it's great to be here and back with the, the church this morning. And uh, isn't God good? who he is isn't God good and uh, his love it endures forever and ever it will never run out his love will never run out we can never run out of the love of God I just think that's that's thrilling you know as we come and we gaze on him we're reminded of his goodness of his greatness of his love and of his grace that actually enables us to enjoy his love. And I let that transform us. And uh, so good, so good to uh, be able to delight ourselves in him. Um, we're starting a, a new series, as Sean mentioned today. Uh, we're calling it Exploring Membership. And uh, it's going to run for seven weeks, including uh, today. And uh, it's going to do just that. We're going to explore, we're going to go on a journey of what does church membership look like? Why is it important? Is it important? And uh, as I've already referred to, you know, we, I, I think most of us now are sort of fairly aware we've been using this journey language, that we're going on a journey as a church. We've sensed God's doing a number of things with us. He's changing some things with us. And, uh, you know, as elders, we've been on this journey to do with uh, membership for a number of months, talking about, well, do we believe in membership? What is membership? How's membership work? What's the purpose of membership? We've, 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 we've given hours and hours and hours uh, looking at this subject and thinking about it. And so we're very aware that as uh, we will be teaching over these seven weeks, what we'll be teaching will have come out of our conversations and discussions. And what you're going to receive is going to be just the sort of the distilled, hopefully, wisdom um, which comes out of those conversations and discussion. But actually, each one of us will also need to be going on a journey. And I just want to invite you and encourage you that as we unpack what we believe uh, the Bible has to say about being part of a church, about membership, what it is, what it isn't, and a whole load of other things, you know, if you've got questions, please ask. Don't, don't be frightened to say, well, I don't understand this, or I'm worried, it, are you saying this? If you're not sure what we're saying, please ask. Don't just sit there because almost guaranteed if you've got that question other people have also got that question and as we ask questions uh, we understand more Uh, a revivalist Jonathan Edwards said this he said asking questions is the key to understanding it's a brilliant quote asking questions is the key to understanding and you know we can ask questions of the bible we can ask questions of one another We need to ask questions. That's how we grow in our understanding. Let's not be shy of asking questions. Asking questions is a good thing to do. And uh, um, so let's uh, do that. Um, 
We hope, though, that as we go on this journey over these seven weeks, as we consider what is membership, that uh, by the end of the seven weeks, we'll be able to say, okay, so now this is the next step, or this is the the process which follows on. So uh, we're not going to sort of unpack what that process looks like at this point, because we want to focus on, well, what do we believe this is? And uh, over the summer holiday period, effectively, we'll look at then the next steps on. So don't worry about the next steps at this point. That will follow on in, after the end of this series, after the 16th of July. Um, so when we use the word membership, I guess we all have our own views. Uh, some of us will have been part of a church which had membership in the past, maybe part of this church when it had membership in the past. Others of us will be going, I've never been part of a church which has had membership. What's, what is this word, membership? It sounds like, sounds like a club. And uh, uh, you know, I think it's very important when we come to a subject such as this that we come with open hearts. We say, Father, would you speak to us through your word? Would you shape our thinking would you help us to really understand what we can see in Scripture about these things? Would you help us to put our preferences to one side? Because often we have our own preferences as to, well, I like it this way. And then, you know, that's not always bad, but actually we need to bend and yield to what Scripture says. And so I just want to pray for us before we go any further. And I want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. And it's a very simple one. It's saying, Father, speak to us. I yield my preferences. I want your word to speak into my heart. Okay? So, Father, we do want your word to speak into our heart and into our lives. And so we lay our lives down afresh before you in your word and say, Father, would you speak to us? We lay our preferences down our hopes and dreams down. We submit all of this to you and say this is about you and your kingdom. This is about you and your church. Speak to us, Father. Help us to hear from you today. In Jesus' name, through your word. Amen. Amen. So, where are we going to start? Well, I guess... um, If we're looking at the subject of membership, first of all, we probably actually need to be clear what we mean by the word church. Because actually, membership and church membership go together. You could talk about membership, but if we haven't got a clear concept of what we mean by church, we're almost definitely going to struggle with what membership is. And so actually, to start with this morning, uh, I would like us to uh, consider from the word, uh, what do we mean by this thing, church? And so if you have a Bible with you, could you turn to the book of 1 Corinthians? It's about halfway through the New Testament part of your Bible. And uh, once you get to 1 Corinthians, could you head to chapter 12, where uh, we'll be reading from in just a moment. You know, when we use the word church, I think often uh, modern language use of the word church means everything but what Scripture says. When we, uh, people use the word church, people think of a meeting that's not what church is. Or they think of a building. You, you know, take the third turning by the church on the left. Oh, no, no, that's a building. That's a church building. It's not church. Or they think of, it's an institution. 
the Church of England or the Roman Catholic Church or the Baptist Church or the Methodist Church or Commission Churches or whatever it is. No, 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 no. That's, that, that's, it's not an institution or some sort of massive sort of organization, something over there which does something to us. And we need to remind ourselves, first of all, what church is, which is why we're going to read uh, this passage. And you may say, Andrew, it doesn't have the word church in here. Panic not. We'll, all will be explained. So, of course, Paul here is writing to the church in Corinth. Okay, so this is a letter to a church we're reading. We're, we, we, we're listening in on a, or we're reading in on a letter written to a church. And in verse 12 of 1 Corinthians 12, he says this, The body is a unit, though it's made up of many parts, and though all of its parts are many, they form one body. I guess most of us probably get that if we think about our physical body. It is a unit. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body. Oh, hang on. Okay, we're suddenly changing here. Now we're talking about the body of Christ, the church. Whether Jews or, or Greeks, slaves or free. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. Now, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And in the church, God has appointed first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracle, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others, those with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Now, he doesn't say this, but he's, his point is no. Okay? Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But this, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Eagerly desire the greater gifts. Now, he then moves on and talks about actually how love is the key component for how the body works together. That if we don't have love for one another, we'll sound like a clashing cymbal or gong. (laughs) Because love's got to be the motivation which brings the body together. We won't read that part, though, this morning. Church is the word we use, the ecclesia, the gathering of the people to describe all believers in Christ. That's all believers in Christ throughout time. That's the church corporate. 
And that's regardless of any man-made distinction we would want to have using race, gender, social status, or anything like that. No, the church is everybody who's in Christ. That's the church corporate, the church across the world. If our faith is in Christ for salvation, then we belong to the church corporate. Okay? You're part of that church. If, if our faith is in Christ for salvation... However, there is also no suggestions that simply believers belong to that church corporate without a local expression of that. Now, there's a number of reasons for this, and we've just been reading some of those reasons. I'm going to rattle through four reasons which are really important why we need to be part of a local church, a church as in Corinth. First one's this, pastoral care. The people... Us, the church, need to be well cared for. And leaders need to know who they're responsible to care for. If you use the analogy of the shepherd and the sheep, of course we are the under-shepherd to Jesus who is the great shepherd. You need to know who your sheep are in the flock. You don't just go and grab any old sheep willy-nilly, but you care for the ones you have. The shepherd looks after the sheep in his flock. And you know, elders, leaders in church need to give, or will need to give an account to God for how they have cared for the sheep which are in their church. But also, do you know, the other part of, important part of being part of a church on this whole area of pastoral care is this. It creates also a context for discipline. They may go, hang on, discipline? We don't believe in church discipline, do we? Discipline, that sounds awkward, that sounds difficult, that sounds painful. Are you going to put me out of the church? Things like that. No. It's part of pastoral care. We actually do need to care for people. We don't just go, there, there, it's all right. We go, there, there, but now can we help you on a journey? We're not just saying we tolerate everything. We say, no, let's go on a journey together. Because actually pastoral care isn't just about looking after people in the sense of fixing problems, it's about provoking one another to grow in Christ and helping one another to grow and mature in Christ, to be obedient into Christ, to all that he has taught us. That's what a disciple is. We've talked about that in the past where we've talked about being disciples. That is, people who understand that we're sons of the Father. But actually, as sons of the Father, we're called then to live differently. We're called to live life differently. The second part of um, why we need to have local church is this whole thing of body life. Every part of the body has an interconnected part to play. I don't know about you, but I really appreciate having two big toes. Do you know why I appreciate having two big toes? It's this. Without them, I'm told, I've not tried this, I decided not to sever them to find out whether it was true or not, you fall over. Because they play a crucial role in keeping you standing up. Anybody else knew that? A few nods, yeah? yeah. They actually play a crucial role in keeping you vertical. Now, I'm fairly tall, therefore my big toes have a little bit more work perhaps to do than perhaps somebody's a little bit shorter because the, there's, there's more sort of potential falling over, I guess. I don't know. I've got big toes. Big, big toes. I'm glad I've still got my toes. They play a crucial role. Do you ever see my big toes? Hopefully not. 
Do they do an important job? Absolutely. Without my big toes, my body would struggle to get on with everyday life. And what we need to understand, and this is Paul's whole point in this part of this letter, is actually every part of the body serves a purpose. Every part of the body is crucial. Every part of the church is essential for us as a whole, as a church. We are part of one body. We need to be part of one body. The interconnectivity of the human body demonstrates how we are to be interconnected as a church. You know, if church is just a meeting on a Sunday you rock up to and then go afterwards, that's not interconnection. That's just turning up to some group. No, church is about totally being knitted and woven together, just as our human bodies are woven together. Friends, we need to be woven together as a body, interconnected, each part playing its part. And do you know what? That's the best place for outworking what it means to be a disciple. Because what happens is we have to uh, learn to do community together. And that's the third reason why we need to be part of a church, why a local church is important. It's an opportunity for community, a loving, caring community where everyone, regardless of background, can find safety and loving acceptance. Yet, also be provoked to maturity in Christ. That's part of what local church is about. It's part of who we are. It's, yes, it's providing loving acceptance and care, but it's also helping one another. It's prodding one another. It's helping one another to live out our faith in fear and trembling before God. It's the sort of community we read about in Acts 2, 42 through to 47. It's the sort of community you read about in Acts 4, chapter 4, verses 32 to 37. You may be going, Andrew, I can't turn these quickly. Go and look them up afterwards. It's the type of community which Paul writes to in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. I'm just going to read three verses out from this. He says this in verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. In verse 25 it says this. Therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor for we are all members of of one body and in verse 32 he goes on and says be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you friends if we're not part of a body we won't have the opportunity to work that sort of stuff out we're not going to have to bear with one another if we're not part of the body if we just turn up on a Sunday we don't have to bear with one another because we can just waltz off and go somewhere else the whole point of church Being part of this community together is actually we work through difficulties. We don't run away from them, as the world does, but we work through them. Because actually in doing so, we strengthen one another. We sharpen one another. That's why church is so important, friends. But if we're not committed to a body, then, well, when it gets tough, the tough get going. And we just go and find another community. But if we're committed, we go, no, no, I'm committed to these. These are my friends. I know they love me. If they're speaking truth in love into my life, then I need to hear that and respond to it. I need to allow them to get close enough to me to help shape me. And I need to do the same for them. It 
if we have that sort of sense of commitment to one another, that sort of love for one another, friends, there is no better place to be than in God's church. It's wonderful. It is the hope of the world. But you know, we have to choose. We have to say, do we want to be part of that? Do we want to be part of that? Am I committed to being part of this thing called church? This community, not a meeting, not a building, this community. Am I actually committed to it? You know, the fourth reason why local church is so important is this. It's about mission. It's the love the disciples have for one another that is such a powerful witness. Again, where do you demonstrate love? You demonstrate it in committed relationships. Committed where you even work through difficulties, not avoid difficulties. Where you love even when it's painful. You know, that's, that's what John 13, 35 says. It talks about the, it's the love the disciples have for one another. That's the powerful witness of the grace of God. You know, in Ephesians 3, it talks about the manifold wisdom, the manifest, the multifaceted wisdom of God being revealed in the diversity of the church. That people from different walks of life, from different backgrounds, from different races, from different cultures, get on together, well, that's a miracle because you only have to look in the world and you can see that doesn't work. And yet I can look across this room and I can guess I can probably identify 10, 12, maybe 14 different nationalities present and people from all sorts of backgrounds. That is some of the wisdom of God. We are demonstrating the wisdom of God by being together as a church. We are part of that Ephesians 3 mystery. This mystery which is expressed in the manifold wisdom of God is by being church together. We reveal that to the world because they look on and go, wow, how do you get on with people so different? We don't. We alienate ourselves. We alienate them. No, but we get on well together. We don't just tolerate, we get on well, we love them. Because Christ has has broken down all the boundaries. He's broken down the boundaries, the distinctions, the false distinctions man would make. There's only one new man in Christ, and it's regardless of any background, any aspect of our background. But also, you know, we're called to mission as well. We're called on a great adventure together to bring the hope and love of Jesus to the world around us. And Jesus you know, talks about being fishers of men with his disciples. Now, this may be a very obvious statement, but I want to make it nevertheless. When he's talking about fishers of men, he's not thinking of this. He's not. The idea of a rod and a line was not how they did fishing. What he was talking about was community fishing. It was doing it together. It was other people in the community being involved on the shore as the fish are brought in. Let's not go too far into the details of gutting and deadheading and all the rest of it. But actually, it was a full community activity. It wasn't just an individual thing. We've got such an individualistic world we live in that we think of fishing as a man with a rod and a line. But actually, when Jesus is talking about making us fishers of men, it's something we do together. We do mission together. We do it in and through 
community together. You know, the New Testament church are a center, an apostolic people. We're called to affect the world through continuing the ministry of Jesus together, not apart. This is why church is so important, friends. This is why when we come to thinking about membership, this is why church is so important, because actually we're called to do something together. We are more together than apart, far more. And, you know, we're called to do this locally. Alton, Alsford, Ropley, Selborne, even Crondall. Maybe Petersfield, and a bit further afield. Maybe London. God's spoken about us being an Antioch church. Ten, twelve years ago, there was a word about us being an Antioch church, a church which sends people to the nation and even the nations. Now, word about we're going to influence from here up the River Way into London. However that works, a little church in a little town can have an influence in London. And yet even beyond London, internationally, as we send people, whether that be on short-term trips, people such as the Sages and, uh, and Andrew Dane and others into Uganda, whether it's uh, we send people long-term to the nations of the world to plant churches. See, that's what we're called to do. And while one may go, we all support and care for the one that goes. They go with our blessing and our love. They go with our support. They go with our prayers. They go with our encouragement. And we support because that's a bit of us somewhere else for the mission which God has for us. Because we're called not just to Alton, but we're called to shape the world. Now, I think I said there were four points. That's because I hadn't looked over my sheet and there were five points. So I'm going to add an extra one if you're writing notes. My apologies. I do feel as though I left my brain on holiday still at the moment. So I'm just just waiting for it to catch up a bit. Um, And this is it. It, it, The fifth one's this, organized. Actually, every every organism, every body needs an organization. If you look at creation, every organism, whether it's a plant, a human, an animal, has an organization behind it. In a human, it's called the brain, the thing I've left behind somewhere on holiday. It's the central hub. It's the thing which organizes the body. It's the thing which makes sure the heart beats at the right pace and pumps the blood around. And I'm rubbish at biology, so I'm going to stop there. And uh, every organism has an organization. And the church is a body. But actually, within that, it also needs organization. And just to say, when we're talking about church, therefore, the, uh, the New Testament clearly reveals there is an order to church life. There's order to how we gather to worship. There's order through leadership, through elders who lead and care for churches. There's order in Ephesians 4 ministries, as we refer to them, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastor teachers who serve uh, uh, translocally across churches. There's order. And that's important uh, it, in, it ensures that each and every member is equipped for the journey God has called us to do together. Okay. That's why church is important, friends. When we're thinking about membership, let's understand first of all this. 
This is, what we're, this is what we're about. This is what we're about building. We're about church. We're not just about a meeting. We're not about a place. We're not about a building. We're about a body. An interconnected body where every part has a role, a totally important and essential role to play. So the question then is, well, what's membership? Well, if we start the game with this body image, it seems the first step for being part of the body is it's salvation through Christ. No other way. Salvation through Christ alone. Obviously, it's about being part, totally connected, a two-way street, a sense of commitment to one another. You know, my big toe is committed to the rest of my body. How do I know that? Well, there's some flesh which connects the two together, putting it simply. My big toe doesn't tend to go off for a walk by itself. Oh, look, there it goes. No, no, it's connected. It's totally connected. It's totally committed to the rest of my body. That means that we will love one another enough to challenge and provoke one another. That means we'll be real with one another. That means we'll share our burdens and our joys with one another. That means we'll recognize that each of us brings different things. Each of us is different parts of this body. And that we won't try and change everybody to be like us, thinking that we're the best. But actually that we celebrate the diversity of gift that God puts in this body. We celebrate the differences. And we recognize our need for each other saying, actually, you are an essential part of this body just as much as I am. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't remember asking my toe to join the rest of my body. It's there. My toe has got a deep sense of commitment, thankfully, to the rest of my body. And, you know, when we come to thinking about membership... It'd be very easy to think, well, this is all about process and paperwork and signing on a dotted line. It's not. What we're talking about is about grace relationships, the grace of God which has transformed our hearts and lives, which says, I want to be joined to you. I want to be joined to you. Because I know that together we're so much more than apart. Because I know I need you as also you need me. And so when we use this word membership, really what we're talking about is a a deep sense of heart commitment, a deep sense of belonging. This is the people, these are the people I belong to, and therefore I'm joining forces with. And I would suggest there's four areas, and it is four this time, that that deep sense of heart commitment is to. First of all, it's to one another. It's to one another. The people, this people, each other. It's that sense of, yeah, I believe God's put me in this body because this is where I will flourish and help others to flourish. This is where I'll work out the mission God's called me to and enable others to work out their mission. This is where all those things will happen together. It's a deep sense of heart commitment. It's a recognition of one another. It's, I want to be part of you and I want you to be part of me. But it's also a deep sense of heart commitment to some other things. 
Secondly, to our doctrinal values. In 1989, a long time ago, I appreciate I'm showing my age, and many people in this room have just decided to switch off because they don't remember 1989, or maybe weren't even alive in 1989. I went to my first ever, and I think I've never been to one since, rock concert. Big, big concert. And it was a musician by the name of Jean-Michel Jarre. And he did this concert in London Docklands. Uh, if you haven't come across Jean-Michel Jarre, he's not mainstream, so don't worry about it. And um, it was called Docklands. Explosion, or, uh, yeah, Docklands, I think, or something like that. It was in the docks of London. And uh, he had a, his stage was a massive barge floating on a dock. And I can't remember the numbers. I think it was 50 or 75,000 people were at each concert over two nights. And uh, I took some of the youth of the church who enjoyed his music with me. And there were four of us, and we went down in my car. And uh, you had to park in all sorts of disparate parts of uh, sort of northeast London, I suppose it was. And you then got a bus in, and it dropped you at the concert venue. And you, got, you had a ticket. And uh, I think if I remember correctly, our ticket was pink. And they're very clear as you got off the bus. They kept on saying, make sure you get on the pink bus. Don't use any of the others because they're going to different parts of Greater London. Somehow, as we left in the euphoria of a fantastic concert, we got on the wrong bus. And uh, I remember going up to the driver as he's driving out through the east end of London and I'm thinking, I want to be in Romford and this isn't quite going the right way. I remember saying to him, uh, any chance you could divert? He laughed, just as you have. He goes, mate, it's miles and miles. We've got 50, 60, 75,000 people. I'm just going to be doing this route for the next two hours, getting people in and out of this concert. He said, what I can do, though, is I'll drop you at the next stop, and you should be able to get a bus there which connects you up, and you'll get back eventually to where your car is, and that's what we did. Friends, sometimes we may think, I want to be part of this church, but I don't believe in its values. Can I suggest you find another church? With the greatest of respect and love, this church is going in one particular direction. It will be expressing one set of values of where we believe, who we believe we're called to be and where we believe we're called to go. Don't try and get on and then change the direction. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. We'll go all over the place. It's not that our set of values are the perfect set of values and everybody else is wrong. But there are values. That's where we're going. It's our vision. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking what our vision is, what our values are. So, because Of course, there's no point in saying, I want to be part of this church if you don't know what that is. So we'll be unpacking that stuff over the next few weeks. Please try and be here. If you can't be here, please try and listen to this. It will be put up online and you'll be able to listen to it. Now, within that, there are the big picture values, and then there's lots, there's a breadth within that. But you know, if, if you really, really don't believe in the virgin birth, we do. And you may really struggle every time we refer to the virgin birth. If you don't believe in the work of the Holy Spirit today, we do. You may therefore struggle to want to be part of this church. And so there are some big bricks 
some big blocks, some big values which we have, which we'll be unpacking. And then we'll need to decide, is this the body I'm called to be part of? Now, you may say, Andrew, that seems really uncaring. What, you don't want us to stick around? No, I'd love you to stick around. We would love you to stick around. But we don't want to cause you grief. If you're thinking, I want to go in this direction, and we're saying we're going in that direction, it will only lead to heartache. So that's why over the next few weeks we'll be unpacking that our vision and our values. So the second thing was our doctrinal values, what we believe in. Our third is our vision, where we're we going. And we'll unpack, it, unpack that over the next few weeks. And then the final thing is this, it's a heart commitment to us as leaders. Now, you may think, Andrew, that sounds a little bit weird. What do you mean by heart commitment to you as leaders? Well, you know, we have to obviously be responsible to God for where we're taking the church, how we're leading the church. We're responsible to God. We're also responsible to those who serve our church uh, uh, in, in terms of overseeing our church, Guy Miller and Malcolm Case. Now, within that, uh, we would ask for your support. You know, Scripture encourages you pray for your leaders. We'd ask for your heart commitment to us. It's not in some sort of way where we can then tell you what color wallpaper to choose or anything like that. It's not that. And you know, John will tell you that you know, sometimes the paint choices I make can seem a bit wacky. We'll, tell, we'll explain that story another time. John's decorating our new house at the moment. And, uh, no, it's not that. What it is, it's about heart commitment, which is we trust you. We trust you and we'll follow your lead. Simple as that. We trust you. We'll follow your lead. We'll pray for you. We'll support you. We'll encourage you. Please, we'll enable you to lead us. We'll make your role of leading us a joy, which, by the way, Scripture encourages the church to do. Harvest Church and every church should exist not for our benefit but for the benefit who are not yet part of us. For the unsaved. For the people who don't yet know Jesus. And if you want to understand anything of the heart of us as leaders and our vision, please understand this. It's the lost. It's the worship of Jesus and the lost. Now there's a whole shed loads of vision beyond that. But, you know, if, you don't, if, 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 if you're thinking, oh, please don't mention the evangelism word. Please don't talk about the loss. That just upsets me. Please understand this. Our heart as leaders will always take you back to worshipping God and back to thinking about the lost. That's who we are. That's what we believe we're called to do. Please understand that's the journey we will be going on, ultimately. Be about worshipping God, delighting ourselves in him, letting him be number one over our lives in every area of our lives and seeing his kingdom come in the lives of those who don't yet know him. If you're after a cosy club, a church where we can just all be nice friends, please, you may need to think about a different church because we are interested in being relevant to the world out there which is dying and going to hell because they don't yet know Jesus. So you may say, well, 
Andrew, I'm not quite sure what you've said membership is, but I think I'm starting to get the beginning of the picture. That's fine. This is going to build week on week over seven weeks. So don't feel worried if you haven't got the whole picture yet. We haven't either. But hopefully, after seven weeks, we'll have enough of it together. Please understand at the moment, though, that when we're talking about membership, it's not about rules. It's not about um, having to do stuff. It's about working out the grace of God in each of our lives in a heartfelt commitment to one another, to our values, which we find in Scripture, to our vision, which we also find in Scripture, and to our leaders. And by the way, when I say leaders, it's not just the elders. It's those who lead across the life of the church. Friends, as elders, we are totally convinced that membership is biblical, it's relevant today, it's important, and even essential for us. As I say, this is week one of seven. Please come on this journey, this voyage of discovery with us over these next six weeks. Please talk with us if you've got questions or concerns. If we've said something you don't understand or you want to check whether you've heard correctly, please come and talk to any of us as elders. We want to do this journey well together. We're not going to rush it. We're not going to pressurize anyone. We're going to enjoy exploring membership together. That Together, hopefully, in God, we will find he builds us stronger and stronger together for this journey we've got for his glory. Amen? Amen. Amen. Could we have the worship band back, please? The worship team back. And as they